Heart. You gotta have heart. Miles and miles of heart. What is heart? Heart is running through a return man when the game is on the line. Heart is giving everything you have in practice, day after day. Heart is finding the strength to run down the field one more time when you can barely breathe. The heart in me pumps Husker Red. Welcome to a brand new episode of the Five Heart Podcast, brought to you by CornNation.com, hosted on JitteryMonkey.com, part of the JitteryMonkey family of podcasts. And uh, new this week, it, it, we'll get to some fantastic Nebraska ball talk. I just got to tell you, we did some updates for the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. I'm excited. Even more ways now for you to find uh, not just the Five Heart Podcast, but Nerd United, which is my other show for if you're a nerd like me and like comics and all that, you know, goofy fun stuff and i say fun you might say goofy whatever uh if you like pro wrestling there's my one two three cents and if you uh are trying to find some some positivity in the world uh, and 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 a more upbeat outlook on things i encourage you to listen to positive cynicism but not only are they all available on itunes and stitcher as they have been but uh, just this week i finally realized there's got to be more outlets and there are and they're easy to access so google play and Podbean, you can check out all of the uh, all these shows on all four of those uh, services, whichever one is your favorite, and let us know uh, in comments or, or uh, you know social media. Let us know how you find uh, the Five Heart Podcast and any of these shows on the Jitter Monkey Podcast Network. I'm Greg Mahachko. I think I said that. If not, I apologize for overlooking the obvious. And joining me from Coronation this week, talking that Nebraska ball that uh, we are enjoying at this moment. David McGee. David, welcome back to the show, buddy. Hey, thanks. Good to be here. So let's talk about it. One regular season uh, home or one regular season game. It's a home game. It's going to be a mm-hmm. no-sit Sunday. Uh, mm-hmm. Penn State is coming to town, but there's a lot of positivity, as we mentioned you know, just a moment ago, and, and being upbeat. There's a lot of reasons to be upbeat about this Nebraska team. No, no question about it. They uh had a little hiccup last week against Illinois, but other than that, I mean, you, uh, you've seen them play well for an extended period of time now, and uh, they needed it because without it, they're not, they're not in the conversation, and we're not having this conversation right now either. So, yeah, it's been a, it's been a lot of fun to watch them develop and turn into a, a competitive bubble team. Earlier in depending, the week, which depending which bracketologist you ask, of course. Right, right. And earlier in the week after that Illinois game, uh, Patrick and I talked. Uh, it was a Monday show. And, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just talked about that game against Illinois. Didn't uh, play very well. Some some poor decisions down the stretch uh, uh, in particular. And I think it might have even been the, the featured picture that I used for the post was Glenn Watson Jr. making a, a, a rushed, a hurried three attempt uh, in the closing minutes. And, and it was a miss, and it was a, a really a waste of a possession. I yep. really thought when when you turn the page to the Tuesday night game at home against Indiana, I really thought that not just Watson, but everybody played much better, and you had to because that was a streaking Indiana team, and, and even though they're not really playing for as much because they're down a little bit this year, you know they had won, I think, four in a row, something like that, and, and were mm-hmm. playing some really good basketball, have some, have some uh, you know, of course it's Indiana basketball, so it's got that, uh, you know, when you think of top programs in the Big Ten, you know, historically Indiana's uh, certainly in that conversation. Uh, and and they have some some tremendous uh, players on their team. Uh, just you know what what 
when Nebraska was able to come out and do, uh, you know, even though they trailed at halftime, they came back and, and really put on a nice second-half performance. Certainly. Uh, I mean, I was that first half of basketball against Indiana was some of the ugliest basketball I'd seen all year. Um, both teams, neither one were great. Um, it looked like the Huskers were coming off of a little bit of a hangover effect from uh, from the Illinois game. They looked like they were maybe a little tired. Uh, and somebody, and then they settled for a lot of threes, which when Nebraska settling for threes, they're not a very good basketball team, as evidenced by uh, the Illinois game. Uh, we can talk about that some other time. But um, uh, yeah, but then something, somebody got after him at halftime and said, "Knock it off! Stop shooting threes!" And then in uh, after the second half, you know, they 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 looked like the team that we were hoping to see. They looked like an incredible tournament team. They they really controlled the whole second half, the whole thing. I thought and uh, uh, put up really a, a, an effort worthy of of a tournament team. So uh, it was good to see them respond from the Illinois loss and. Uh, add another win to the column, it would have been completely devastating if they had lost to Indiana. So uh, it was good to see them bounce back from that and, and continue uh, on their winning ways. So hopefully that continues again on Sunday. And and it's important to note that Nebraska, correct me if I'm wrong, because I, I, I can't remember if they they tied uh, you know their their previous mark for most conference wins or if they've, they've served. I know where they, they tied it. They're tied. Uh, is that just yeah. wrong? But but they have. Correct me if I'm wrong. This season they have more Big Ten wins than any other previous year. Oh, certainly. Okay. Yes. Okay. So yeah. So, so this, it, uh, yeah. So it's the Nebraska's record for wins in the Big Ten certainly, but all time I believe it's uh, tied for. I think it's two other teams that have won twelve conference games. And uh, in a season. What you mentioned just a moment ago when you're talking about the Indiana game, uh, you said that somebody you know got on them at halftime because they they did they came out uh, that first half as you mentioned both teams played real sloppy lots of turnovers right uh which right. Hel- helped keep the score down i mean you can you can chalk it up to you know stellar defense if you will but i think like like you said just overall the effort from both teams was was maybe not so much the effort but maybe trying too hard to do to do too much you know forcing sure. bad shots things like that but but as you mentioned they come out in the second half looking like the team that we've you know gotten used to over the last six weeks or so and and you said that somebody in that locker room at halftime you know made the case you know chewed some ass whatever it was <laughs> who when you look at this team you, you, you take like a we mentioned his name before a uh, Glenn Watson Jr. he's kind of the elder statesman he's the one who's been you know been with him. Isaiah Roby's another one, but then you have the transfers coming in who have really bolstered this team. So, who would you say if you had to pick one guy in the, in the locker room or what? You know, who whose team is this? You know, a lot of times in the pros, you hear you know they've got that one superstar who's who's the the clubhouse or the locker room leader. When when you look at this team, uh, David, who is is that person who would be the guy saying uh, you know kind of uh, rallying the troops, if you will. Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I mean, as far as like on Tuesday when at halftime, I, I'd imagine that was you know Coach Miles or Coach Lewis or something to say, guys, that's not the game plan. Get back on the get back on you know the game plan and get back on the what we talked about doing. Um, as far as like who whose team is this? Um, I mean, they go as Palmer and Watson go. I think you know even if, when Watson's not scoring, when he's playing hard on defense and when he's putting his teammates in positions for success, this team plays well. You know, they don't need him to score like 
maybe they did uh, last year. Um, he's he's a good driving then, dish guy. Yeah, for sure. Um, and so when he's when he's doing some of those little things, even when the shot's not falling, I think they they're a really good basketball team. Um, and then Palmer has just turned into, uh, you know, maybe he had started a little bit earlier. He would be in the conversation player of the year. Um, but he's playing like a first team big 10 basketball player right now. I mean, the, if you look at his, um, his, his, uh, progression over the last, I don't know, month of the season to a month and a half, uh, he's as good as anybody in the conference outside of the Penn state game. Uh, last time they played. So, uh, you know, those two guys are really the catalyst that I think drives the team. I think the heart and soul of the team is Taylor. Um, he does so many little things. He's in the middle of all of those little plays that nobody really acknowledges a lot of the time. Um, he'll hit a, a, a shot to end a run or to keep another team from going on a big run. He'll, he'll make a steal. Um, he'll get a big rebound. He'll do a lot of those things that when you look back and say, you know, the big play in the game was when uh, Evan Taylor made that steal with seven minutes left to go in the second half, right? And turn and stem the momentum. So he's, he's in the middle of all this. He had one against Wisconsin. I think it was, no, it was against Maryland where uh, they missed a free throw. Maryland missed a free throw. And he uh, scrapped uh, with, uh, with uh, Kevin Herter from Maryland to grab the rebound and basically put to bed any, thoughts of Maryland's comeback effort, which they were right in the middle of doing. So, I mean, I think as far as the wins and losses go, it's, it's Watson and Palmer. Uh, you can make a case for Copeland or Roby or, or a couple of other guys too, but I think it's those guys. But I think the heart and soul of this team is Evan Taylor. I'm not dis- disagreeing with you at all, and and sure. what what you said about you know his. You're effort. welcome to disagree with me. I'm not oh, no, no. approach here. No, no, I because uh, uh, I, I like uh, I, I like Evan Taylor. That that's the thing. The, this team is they're all so easy to like what they've done on the court right. and, and what they've done off the court. You know, especially in in some of the recent turmoil that has you know been uh, on campus and things like that, and and how they have been. Uh, I don't, I don't, for lack of a better term, a beacon uh, of positivity. Mm-hmm. Um, but I want to talk about more so on, on the court at, at the moment. Isaiah Roby, who, who you mentioned just a moment ago, yeah. the little things that he has done. If you go back, especially mm-hmm. to that Indiana game, some of those uh, tip out, you know, rebounds. I, I don't think mm-hmm. they count as rebounds to him because he didn't come down with the right. ball. But but they helped keep a uh, possession alive and and. You know they were able to turn those into points. You know I think uh, seven points off of you know three you know essentially tip you know rebound tips or things like that uh, in the first yep. few minutes of the game that that helped Nebraska build a lead which you know they would need it, where they were at halftime without you know some of those second chance opportunities they might have been down double digits you know things yeah. like that and and that can be a little bit more of a demoralizing factor. So the fact that he was just able to keep his head uh, and and keep the ball on on the plus side of the court there uh, was a was a big thing, and plus he has been playing better offensively and, and getting more points mm-hmm. ever since he became that five man. Uh, he's had what I think you know might be his, his the the turnaround or, or the turning point season that that we needed him to have or, or hoped he would have maybe earlier in his career, but he's I think really put it together this year. Oh, no, no question about it. I mean, he's scored a double figure in six out of his last seven games, um, setting career highs uh, twice in that, you know, 
in that stretch. So he's um, he's become just an absolute beast. Uh, I think he's become um, a, almost elite rebounder. He's not quite there yet, but he's become you know he gets the hands when he gets his hands on the ball, no one else is, no one's taking it from him. It's his. Um, you know, and we have guys who are bigger and stronger than him who that's not the case. And so, I, I mean, he's the best rebounder on the team. Before, if those tip-outs counted as rebounds, he would have had a double-double. Oh, sure. He had nine rebounds um, against Indiana uh, and probably should have had, you know, if those tip-outs counted, it would have been like 13 or 14. So, uh, but he had had three straight double-doubles coming in. He's had one, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight of his last, eight of the last 10 games or nine of the last 11 have been 10 or eight rebounds or more. So, I mean, the guy has turned into a complete player. He, um, he's blocked a ton of shots. Um, and he even, I'm going to guess he's looking quickly at the numbers. I'm going to guess he's the second leading re- uh, assist guy on the team. So, uh, let me see if I can verify that. But I mean, the guy's just a complete player. Absolutely. And so, that's why I said, I mean, you can make a case for, for Roby as being, being that guy. Um, but he's, uh, I mean, his emergence uh, at all where we are without him. What I like about him, he plays so much bigger than, you know, he actually stands. The one thing that I, I always remember, and, and this is probably more, you know, old wives tale than, than fact. And, and I think, you know, uh, <laughs> basic, uh, you know, measuring tape would be able to prove it. But I was always taught, you know, that your wingspan equals your height or, or you know, mm-hmm. the, but but the announcers were saying, uh, you know, Kugler, uh, I believe it was, who was on that team uh, of Tuesday, you know, they broadcast team Tuesday. I was saying that, you know, Roby's got like a seven two seven foot two inch wingspan or something like that. When you have arms that long, you're just able to do so much more. Plus, he can jump out of the gym. We've seen some of his uh, highlight reel dunks mm-hmm. that, that he's had, yep. uh, you know, over the course. Uh, you know, again, the, we, we've been keeping it relatively recent with, with that winning streak, you know, up until the Illinois game. But, but uh, he's – man, he, he's got springs for legs and, and – uh, I don't know. I, I almost want to say go-go gadget arms, but you know, like Stretch Armstrong arms. He he, he plays right. plays so much bigger than he stands, and and he's been so good on both sides of the yep. uh, of the floor. So disruptive on the defensive side, and, and like we mentioned, you know, the ability to uh, you know get the team extra chances on the uh, offensive glass, or uh, you know, dish out some assists and and, and just be that team player. I, I was looking at him a couple of years ago, thinking that he might be the star. But it, mm-hmm. and not not taking and he anything. He will be next year. Yeah, and, and absolutely not taking anything away from from you know trying to diminish his light or anything. He's not quite there yet, but uh, he's he's doing so much this season to be the you know the support system, if you will. Uh, yeah. I've got so much good stuff to say about uh, Roby and and his progression because he has, like I said, he's really turned the corner. He's figured it out. Yep, no, no question about it. He's the second leading rebounder on the team. Um, I was wrong on the assist. He's not, a, he's not second on the team. He's fourth, but uh, he's proved himself capable. But he's, yeah, he's turned into. I mean, next year he will be um, on everybody's uh, conversation and list of preseason all-conference player, dark horse for player of the year candidate. You know, those kinds of lists. He will be in those conversations, even if Palmer comes back, and I have no reason to believe he won't. So. Um, um, yeah, he's he's turned into an absolute stud. I mean, and, and that's you know that length that you talk about. The reason why the one three one defense has been so effective because he's not the only player with you know wingspan that's 
taller than their height. You know, uh, Palmer has like a, I think I said, a six eleven wingspan, but has six seven frame. And so, I mean, uh, guys like that are what, what have really turned this team into um, the team that we all hoped it would be at the beginning of the year. Whether most of us, you know, most of us didn't believe that it would be, but sure enough, here we are. So, um, a little bit more work to do, but we're we're they're getting there. I, I posed this uh, question to Patrick Gerhardt in last week's episode, talking about uh, James Palmer Jr. If if he didn't play, and, and, and I I phrased it in a similar way because I I love the kid. I'm, I'm glad that he's in Lincoln. But if he played for another team, one of the more traditional Big Ten powerhouse teams, and was having the kind of year mm-hmm. that he's having, would he be more forward uh, at at the top of the list of the Player of the Year discussions, or? Or is it uh, is is the fact that he's in Lincoln, you know, affecting the the postseason accolades a little bit, or do am I am I, am I thinking am I think overthinking that a little bit? Um, maybe a little bit. Okay, um, fair enough. Trying to think. I mean, the guys. I mean, if you look at the guys who are included on that list, you you really can't argue with any of them, right? You know, uh, K. Debate to the App in Ohio State, uh, Vince Edwards in uh, Purdue. Um, Miles Bridges at Michigan State, Isaac Hostet. I mean, none of those guys, they all deserve to be on the list. Mm-hmm. And so I'm not too upset about him not being there um, over those guys, um, but he's right there. So, I mean, if he's not first team, he'll be second team. Um, and so, I'm, I mean, I'm not going to get too worked up over that. I just know that I am glad he's on my team and I'm not trading him for any of those guys. Right. So, um, <laughs> I'm, yeah, so... Like Palmer is fifth leading scorer in the conference right now. He's, but that's like the only place that he's on the leaderboard. So, um, I mean, it's not. I don't think it's an injustice that he's not in that top five. But if he's not in the top ten, then you, then you're gonna have some speaks with somebody. So, um, I guess that's why I come down on it. Let, let's talk a little bit. Uh, tomorrow's game is the regular yeah. season finale. Uh, Penn State yep. and- Sunday actually. Yeah, but since this drops on Saturday, then it's going to be tomorrow. Oh, for I'm the sorry, list. I apologize. Yeah, tomorrow, <laughs> tomorrow we will be. Uh... Uh, and and, and uh, I, I think I think Husker Hoops on Twitter. I, I think it was them. It might have been just Nebraska Huskers on Twitter, but uh, they you know made the comment of uh, you know it seems like a, a good sun, good Sunday to uh, stand you know something like that. So mm-hmm. so they're preparing for a, a, a no sit uh, Sunday. I think that's fantastic because. We have seen, and, and the, there are so many positive reviews about Pinnacle Bank Arena, the vault. Uh, you know, it is becoming a very difficult place to play, you know, for Big Ten yep. opponents. And when you can add, I mean, there's so much on the line if you think about it. You you want to avenge the uh, loss, you know, th- this was, that Penn State loss was the last loss before the little bit of a winning streak there. Um, then you want to, uh, you know, solidify your four, your, your, your top tier place in, in the Big Ten. Uh, what, top four, yeah, I think that's what I said. Uh, anyway, you want to solidify that double buy for the Big Ten tournament, and a win can do that. Uh, but also you want to help your chances for the NCAA tournament as well. And to uh, do that against a, a good big uh, or a good Penn State team, so much going on. There, there's no reason to be you know, sitting on Sunday at Pinnacle Bank Arena. Uh, I don't care how many people have a an aqua-colored uh, hair uh, around, you know, the, the, the blue hair. Kidding. Well, um, no, I'm with you. Yeah, I know you are, but, um, you know, <laughs> there, 
this is what you know it this is what Nebraska basketball fans have been waiting for this type of excitement this late in the season yeah. I mean, this is this is it there's there's so much on the line on uh tomorrow sunday absolutely it's uh i'm all up for standing up so hopefully other people will join with me so let's bring it yeah loud let's not have me wait for the new show to work on monday morning um as we look at the standings as they are as we record this friday afternoon uh-huh. uh okay Obviously, Nebraska is is fourth at the moment, tied with Michigan as far as conference. Both have twelve and five uh, records. Nebraska does have the uh, tiebreaker because of that nice twenty point win. I love saying that twenty point win over Michigan. <laughs> uh, Michigan does have the better overall uh, record. Um, basically, I mean, if Michigan wins, Nebraska has to win. If Michigan loses, right. some of the pressure is off, but you don't ever want to leave it in someone else's hands. I mean, you, you want to go out there and handle business, and this is a Penn State team that is uh, sixth in the conference, excuse me. Uh, they're 19-11 and 11 overall, 9-8, and eight, uh, and they're, they're not playing. I mean, they've lost two in a row. They uh, have you know a same, same conference record as the team that Nebraska just beat. Indiana, and you get to, like I said, you get the opportunity to avenge the loss that was in overtime on a last-second shot. You get to try to take care of business on the home court. I, I, right. I, I don't want to make a prediction, but I could foresee an, a nice big red win. I, yeah, I, I think so, and it, it doesn't hurt um, that the guy that just destroyed Nebraska. Lots of times they play them is out in Mike Watkins. You hate to see a guy out with injury, but he's not going to play on Sunday. Uh, and so, um, you know, that, that, that helps. Uh, but, yeah, I, I fully expect the – regardless of what happens, because we'll know before the game what Nebraska needs to do, whether they need that win for the fourth spot or not. Um, we'll know that about lunchtime Saturday. So by shortly after this drops, we'll know what's, what Michigan does against Maryland on Saturday afternoon. So, um yeah, I'm fully expecting it to be a loud, raucous place. It's the last time we'll get, hopefully, the last time we'll see them in Pinnacle Bank Arena this year. And uh, uh, I, I think that the team, they, you know, they played so well at home all year. They really seem to feed off the energy of the crowd, and I, I expect that to be the case on Sunday. And uh, yeah, I agree with you. I think that I, uh, I foresee uh, a, a a fun a fun afternoon and, and early evening down in the rail yard. Uh, as the Huskers finish up the regular season. And I think, I mean, that's not to say Penn State can't win because they have, they're a really talented basketball team, even without Watkins. And so uh, the Huskers are going to have to bring bring everything they got. But uh, it, it sh- I think I'm really looking forward to it. It should be a fun a fun afternoon in, in PBA is Sunday it, afternoon. So. Isn't it just amazing the the type of success they've had at home this year? The only loss coming to Kansas by a point and you know Nebraska fans overall Nebraska athletics fans tend to kind of forget about that one because we were so hyped up for the volleyball uh match oh, that I don't night. forget about it I was there <laughs> I'm, I'm forgotten about that one and it still stinks cuz I remember didn't they it, didn't they uh, uh put the volleyball match on right after uh and, uh-huh. and people could stay in, in the vault there um sure did I was there for that too it was fun I mean that that was fun and the basketball game was fun too except for the last I don't know 12 seconds. Yeah. So, but uh, that's the only loss that the Nebraska has suffered at home this right. year. What a what a, t- a statement, you know, that that the they have made 
it, it's almost like I'm, I'm trying to. I don't. I don't want to sound corny or or overly poetic, but it, it's almost like the 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 way they've played at home is uh, in appreciation of the fans. You know, like thank you for coming out. We're going to give you a hell of a show because yeah. they, they were. You know, like you said, ten, twelve, three seconds. You know, away from being undefeated at home, and and you know, obviously one game left to play, but. No reason with how they have played, except for that you know little slip up uh, in Champagne. No reason to not finish strong and and uh, and have that double buy. I, I got to ask you this question, David, because I asked Patrick as well, uh, or, or maybe I didn't ask him, but but it, it came up in our conversation, and I'd, I'd like to hear your take on it in, in the final minutes here. If Nebraska is, you know, one of those teams that doesn't make it to uh, the tournament. Would they be would they be better served by a strong showing in the NIT than uh, you know a, a bad seed in the tournament? And uh, yeah, I guess that, that's probably how how I should uh, phrase it. Would they be better served by a strong showing in the NIT versus a, a, a lower seed and a, and a first game out you know against a you know t- tough opponent in in the NCAA tournament? No. Okay. You, 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 you think- <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm of the opinion that uh, any time the NCAA tournament is always preferable. Okay. Um, and so I, I mean, I, and at this point, you played thirty whatever <laughs> together, so I don't. You're not going to gain anything from playing a couple. It's not like football where you get a month to practice and work on stuff and you know hone skills and all right. that and come together. They, they've already shown that they're a, you know a, a close knit group, so that's not going to change anything. Um, but you know, NIT does uh, not. The NIT NCAA tournament is what programs are measured by. Sure. They're not measured by how many NITs you go to. You're measured by how many times you've been to the NCAA tournament and what have you done there. And so the Huskers, uh, you know, you need to knock on that NCAA tournament door as many times as you can. And, uh, I mean, it's not like the NIT would be, like, the worst thing in the world because obviously it wouldn't. But um, uh, if I have to take uh, – if you're asking me first four loss in the NCAA tournament or – a one seed in the NIT and a chance to go on a run there. I'm going to take the the first four loss every time and, and uh, look back. So that's my thoughts on that. All right, no, that's great. I and and uh, the answer was a little different than uh, than you know what Patrick stated uh, last week. Sure. But but that's all right because that's why we have different viewpoints, different uh, <laughs> ways of looking at things. And there you uh, go. And, and hey, as as we mentioned, we let it slip uh, earlier. A little peek behind the curtain. We are recording this uh, uh, Friday afternoon because I had a, a surprisingly uh, and welcome short day at work. But but David, you do not. So I've got to let you go. Let you get back to work uh, as we record this. And uh, folks, just a quick reminder that you can again check this out on uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Podbean, and Google Play. David, I want to. Uh, Thank you for your time, man. And I, I hate that I got to let you go and send you back to work. I know, man. This was fun. They, they, we'll they don't do it they, for another half an hour. They're right. They don't stop sending bills in the mail, do they? I wish they did. Yeah, me too. Uh, all right. That's David <laughs> McGee. I'm uh, Greg Mahochko reminding you this week and every week that five heart is all the heart you need. Go Big Red. Win the damn game. This is a production of the Jittery Monkey Podcast Network. For more jittery shenanigans, go to jitterymonkey.com.